The views expressed in the Stolen Droids podcast are those of the hosts, and not necessarily those of sponsors or affiliates, trekradio.net, or kryptonradio.com. However, we are told that cows agree with us all the time. Cows are great. Hello, and welcome to Soldier's Podcast, episode number 79. I'm Schmitty. I'm Stark. I'm not Zoner. We have no Zoner, and I'm Zook. Zoner has abandoned us. He left us to our own devices. I know. Okay, so here's what happened. Uh, last night, Zoner suddenly messages me and says, I found out that Weird Al's going to be signing books in Cali- Southern California Friday morning. So right after work, we're driving down there. I'm like, wait, what? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. When does the Backstreet Boys have the reunion tour? <laughs> Yeah, because we're going to lose him for like a week. <laughs> if that's the case. <laughs> uh, so he quite literally hopped in his little, you know, van. His automobile. His automobile with the with, the, with the, doing the whole following the Grateful Dead all around the, around the country. He's been to three concerts, and now he's going to a signing. That's over... A thousand is miles he, away. Is he even allowed? <laughs> I mean, I thought the uh, I thought the restraining order had gone into effect. That's what I thought. Maybe it was, maybe it was only for like forty five days or something. Uh, I'm <laughs> up to a year now. <laughs> well, in any case, we are honorless, uh, which is going to be a real problem because half these headlines are from him. Oh, thanks, honor. <laughs> uh, apologies for last week's episode where it all sounded like we had uh, died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all feeling much better and we're recording much earlier in the day, so we should be okay this week. Uh, shout out to our sponsors, though our friends at trekradio.net, cryptonradio.com, stitcher.com, and openbookaudio.com. And uh, interestingly, we actually want to uh, give a special shout out to uh, openbookaudio.com because they just landed a very exclusive deal. You can actually go and pick up Mogworld by Yahtzee Crawshaw the author and creator of Zero Punctuation over on The Escapist. They have exclusive rights now to his audiobook, which is pretty cool. Woot woot. Uh, in fact, uh, we might be actually getting him. We might be. Uh, I might be overselling here because he hasn't responded back, but they are trying to arrange an interview with him, so he might be on a upcoming episode of Stolen Droids Presents. That would be awesome. Be very, very cool. Um, all of our other sponsors are quite cool, too. They just didn't. We love have, you. They just didn't happen to have this new news coming out. So, wow, I didn't really, uh, <laughs> I didn't really recover real well from that, did I? If there's any news that our sponsors have, please let us know. We'd be more than happy to pimp you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I so suck at this. Okay, moving into our headlines, and of course, you know, we did, we did call this last week was no news because of the iPhone release. This week, nothing. But news. A ton of news. Ton of news. A barrel of news. And first up in the <laughs> barrel is Iran. Iran has decided that they are taking their ball and going home. We've talked about this for a while. Um, they have wanted to create their own intranet because they're tired of the West uh, trying to cyber attack them. So did they like import Al Gore in order to complete this process? Oh, they found out that all they had to do was hack his identity. They didn't really it's- need. They, they just did an X copy. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. You wouldn't so, download Al Gore, would you? <laughs> I pirated Al Gore. <laughs> you know, the, the, 
that is one thing I'd have to say. No, you're right. I, I, you're right. I wouldn't do that. I don't think the RIAA is going to give him much flack for that. So. <laughs> Take Al Gore, please. Take all um, the Al Gores you want. <laughs> so um, they have blocked Google and all Google services, and have also made it impossible now because uh, even if the state blocks it, you could VPN out to other servers and access access it that way. They've also blocked all VPN access. They were probably doing that because all the World of Warcraft players in Iran were probably doing that to get out to the servers. Well, you know, and we joke from like a gaming standpoint, but if you're a political dissident who could be put to death publicly for speaking out against the Ayatollahs or, or anyone else, maybe it's not Iran, maybe you're in some other place, but you know what? Doing it through a MMO isn't a bad idea. You know, we joke about this, but this is how, you know, underground send messages. Well, we were talking about protests on City of Heroes a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this way, if many Bothans die, it's, you know, in the land of Azeroth. So, well, that may have been a little bit too obscure. <laughs> I didn't know there were Bothans in Azeroth. They're That's not. Another but story. <laughs> you don't want a lot of Bothans to die to get the message out. Star, Star Wars reference? Yes. Yeah, yeah we got it. <laughs> to, to the people who are looking for internet freedom in Iran, we hope that you get it soon. You could try yeah. Net Zero free for 30... No, sorry. Um, <laughs> they probably still have AOL discs there. Uh, I'll send you all on mine. I have <laughs> IOL, Iran Online. <laughs> yeah, America Online might be viewed with a certain amount of, mm, I don't know, skepticism in Iran. <laughs> Well, it was viewed with a certain amount of skepticism here, too. So. <laughs> that's, how, that's how we know that they've moved up into the modern world than when they're burning AOL discs. <laughs> Death to America Online. <laughs> that sounds like a show title. <laughs> how did we always come back to AOL? We don't even have a single headline about AOL. <laughs> I don't know. But speaking about Iran... Besides blocking off the internet because they were claiming they were getting hacked too many times, eh, they're trying to do hacks of their own. Apparently, they've been striking at American banks. At least you know it's not the Iranian citizens now. It, it narrows it down to <laughs> this is true. A handful of people are doing it. <laughs> the state is not doing it. Yeah, well, you blocked all your citizens, so it has to be you. That is a good point. <laughs> I mean, did we think of these? No. <laughs> well, now, okay, so attacking the U.S. banks, I was kind of worried because um, my bank, where I go to, to bank, was listed in the list of banks that was created. And orig- that was given out, I should say. Uh, and originally they had said that it was a bunch of citizens who were upset about that whole movie, The uh, the Innocence of Islam, or Muslim Innocence, whatever it is, uh, that they were outraged so that they would hack the bank. Well, it turned out no, it wasn't. It was, it was the state. Just like everything else, it was also planned. So. Yeah. Um, now, I don't actually know what was done in the hack. They, they've been rather tight-lipped about that. I didn't actually see any interruption of service from my account. I know so. I didn't either, but then again, I also tend to use a credit union, so... So, who knows? From uh, that hacking news into other hacking news or potential hacking, the European Union is really almost... They're angry. They're almost prudes when it comes to digital privacy. And I I know that sounds bad. That's not necessarily a bad thing, I guess. 
we've talked before about how um, Germany doesn't like street oh, cars and they don't like registering people's information. The French it's, doesn't it's, like Google Maps. It's Mac. not just digital privacy; it's almost any privacy, actually. They're they're huge on the privacy thing over there. I mean, if you recall from the company we all were, used to work at, they actually had to have an office in Europe somewhere to deal with the U.S. Pri- or with the European privacy laws. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, amid these newest fears um, of privacy, Facebook has been forced to turn off its facial recognition algorithm. Uh, you may notice when you upload a picture to Facebook, and occasionally it will suggest people that it recognizes are in the photo. Now, on one hand, that's really, really cool. Hey, isn't that nice that technology automatically knows those things? On the flip side, you have to wonder, how does technology know that? Well, it knows it because it has gone and gathered all the information about all your other friends' faces to be able to match them up on its own. Yeah. Well, and that's the key there. It only goes through your friends. So recognizing faces in your photos isn't necessarily a privacy risk risk because it's only doing it among the people you are friends with. So it's kind of an odd thing to request taking that It's a real gray zone, really. I remember that when they brought this up, there was concerns in the U.S. brought up that if you were to put this software out there and say, take a picture of a crowd, and it would be able to say, oh, this is this person, and this is this person, this is this person, this is this person, and you weren't necessarily friends with any of them, but knowing Facebook's very lax uh, profile settings, it would have published that information out anyway. Well, and it, and it hasn't because when I went to Vegas about a month ago for the Star, Las Vegas Star Trek convention, there were a lot of pictures I posted and a lot of other people posted where there were a lot of people in the background. And it didn't identify a lot of them until somebody said, oh, I know who that is. Let me tag that one person yeah. for you. So the technology isn't quite there yet, but that is kind of what the European Union is worried we'll get to. That I, I think it, the technology is there. They just don't have it set up that way. So, yeah. yeah. But, and, I, and in that regard, I can understand why they'd be worried because the only thing keeping it from turning into that is one person from changing a setting somewhere. That's right. <laughs> one developer, oh, this would be cool if we did this. <laughs> hey, look at that really pretty girl. I know nothing about her, but I can take a picture of her and Facebook can tell me everything about her. <laughs> That's that's scary if you think about. That's, cr- that's and I understand their trepidation there, but uh, at I the mean, same we've time, we've already got Google goggles, but Google goggles only works on famous people, where they don't have any privacy, as Will Wheaton was talking about today on his Twitter account. Yeah, so it's like I can I for once I can kind of understand where the European Union's coming on this one. But at the same yeah. time, I really like having that feature do it for Halfway me. there. I, I can halfway understand it. The, the other half is, is you know, grow some balls. <laughs> wow. Schmitty. <laughs> okay. Um, flipping to the other side of the world here, in China, Foxconn, the company that usually makes a lot of uh, Apple stuff, known for its high suicide rates and happy-go-lucky morale. And nets outside of their tall buildings. <laughs> yes. Well, um, their suicide rate has recently gone down. However, um, instead they decided to have a 2,000-person riot. Oh, <laughs> Were they protesting the video, too? <laughs> no. Uh, unfortunately, a guard... Why does a quote-unquote factory have guards that are beating the quote-unquote employees? 
because the beatings will continue until the morale improves. If this isn't indentured servitude, I don't know what is. But, so, um, a security guard hit a worker. And all of a sudden, everyone rioted. Just went nuts. Over 2,000 people went nuts. Um, it ended up, uh, I'm trying to find the numbers again here, but a couple people died. <laughs> Oh, no. So one person here says that there was no deaths in the incident. Another report I read said there were three, but both agree that there's, uh, there's 40 injured people. And the pictures are nuts. There's And this is why your iPhone 5 has been delayed. <laughs> Isn't it so nice that we can outsource stuff so, so cheap? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry. Wow. If this wasn't so pathetic, it'd be funny. Yeah. Well, and what's funny is the fact that it's pathetic from all angles. That these people have been worked to near death just so people can have their iPhones. And, you know, we say iPhone only because it's Foxconn. They're not the only factory doing it, and Apple's not the only manufacturer who's using these services. But it's so we can have our electronics for so cheap because these people's lives aren't worth anything, so let's put them into these forced labor camps, practically, and then they either commit suicide or they riot like it's a prison. Is there any way to get an iPhone that was made in the United States? No. Find it in a bar in San Francisco? <laughs> <laughs> okay. It'll only cost you your career. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I- this kind yeah. of this is kind of a tangent, but it does make me wonder how much would an electronic device like that be cost if it were made here in the U.S. Easily, I don't know. We'll easily two hundred dollars yeah. more. Yeah, I would I would say around yeah, unsubsidized around eight hundred nine hundred. Yeah, eight hundred to nine hundred dollars more. No, 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 no not more. Eight hundred oh, total. Okay, all right. Unsubsidized. Yeah, so. that's that sounds about right. Well, if it prevents riots from happening... Mm. Hey, all you people who are scared of foreigners taking our jobs, <laughs> how's a $900 iPhone sound? There would be riots because their phone, our phones will be more expensive. People yeah. will riot because they don't want to pay that much. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's insane. Okay, um, back to Europe. We're, we're globetrotting this episode oh. is what we're doing. Little yeah. red line going from behind us. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, oh. Indiana Jones reference. Got it. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> this is actually the movie of the the, uh, the podcast of movie references. Yes, it is. Uh, Microsoft more... <laughs> is not popular in Europe. No. I think <laughs> they're not. Back in the day, yeah. I should explain. Back in the day, uh, when Windows was shipping like gangbusters, and this is like ninety five Windows ninety five Windows ninety eight time, uh, everyone said, well. You're being a monopoly. Well, why is that? Because your Windows is shipping with Windows Media Player. Well, yeah. And Internet Explorer. Yeah. So? Well, you're blocking the other browsers and the other media players from... And it was this huge thing. They weren't able to make the media player part stick because the media player was argued that it was part of the operating system but the browser, Internet Explorer stuck, which is why to this day, Microsoft is forced to put out multiple types of Windows. You have Windows and then you have the Windows K which 
has no media player installed at all, I think. And then Correct. there's one other Windows, and I forget what its designation is. Windows N for uh, no browser, I think. Or no. I'm looking them up. <laughs> okay. Well, there's another letter designation that has no browser, and when you're installing it, it gives you the choice of installing a browser, and it's all offline. So the browser's install is entirely contained on the disk. Well, on a recent run of disks, Windows 7 did not have that option. Oops. <laughs> and they fixed it. They found it, and they fixed it. And a year later now, a year after the issue was found and fixed, the European Union is now deciding to fine them up to $7.37 billion. Uh, Let me guess, they were out of money. That's kind of retarded. It's beyond retarded. <laughs> it, Actually, it is Europe. They are out of money. They have no money in Europe right they now. They are fining Microsoft for a problem a year ago about something they fixed on their own. Europe, do you know what we use Internet Explorer for? To download Download Chrome. Download Firefox or Chrome. (laughs) It's not hard. It's two extra steps. You can't do that? This This is almost six times the amount of money that Samsung has to pay Apple for all that litigation. For something that's actually believable. Yeah, I I know it seems like I'm ranting against the world here, and believe it or not, I actually don't usually side with America on most arguments. I know I'm such a patriot, but this just seems utterly ridiculous. It's like you know what, Europe. Okay, how about we just stop shipping Windows to you in general? <laughs> what are you going to use Ubuntu? There you go, OS X. Well, they can't. Well, they can't use Ubuntu because that one comes bundled with uh, with uh, their own browser. Ubuntu uh, has Ubuntu one, and <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. Can't oh, do you, that. You can't ship OS X because it comes bundled with Safari. Yeah, and uh, you better not be using Android because it comes with the Android browser. So make your own operating system. You're, let's see what you come up with. Oh, they did. It's called Bada, and it failed. Oh, oh by the way, when you make your operating system, <laughs> just... you better include everyone else's browser in it too, just to make sure. Otherwise, it'll be bada-bing, bada-bang. It's off. Uh, Big bada-boom. Keeping the uh, movie references there. <laughs> no, but love to our uh, European listeners out there, though. Yeah, we do it's have quite a few Your governments are being idiots, though. It's the government. Actually, you yeah. know, I want to hear from you guys, you UKers. I know you listen to us quite a bit now, uh, and I want to hear from what your thoughts are. Are we being blowhards about this? What browsers do you use? Is it such a big deal? Is it all those crazy mainlanders? It, frankly, we, we're listening more in the UK than we are the rest of Europe combined. Um, but uh, what's going on there? Why does this seem like such a big deal? We want to hear. Feedback at stolendroids.com. Into um, our second most listened area. Or the third, Rim. actually. Rim. Yay. <laughs> okay, so Rim had a press conference this week. Two of them, actually. One of them was open to the public, and the other one was open to their shareholders, where they brought out some more features of BlackBerry OS X. That would allow them to listen to stolen droids. <laughs> yes. Now, um, I actually watched the entire keynote and was very impressed with certain areas and not so impressed with others. And I'll just run through some of them real fast. They have a new notification center. 
that looks like uh, Android. Okay? Mm-hmm. It has a multitasking gesture that looks like Windows Phone. It has a lock screen that looks like Windows Phone. It has live tiles like Windows Phone. It has a new app drawer that looks like Android. And that's about it. Oh, it can handle C++ now. That's a plus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Schmitty. It's a plus plus. (laughs) Your programming humor never ceases to amaze me. But as Schmitty was, because Schmitty and I were chatting about it when it was announced, he kind of pointed out that without the right CPU, who cares if you have C++, it'll become a paperweight. Yeah, so they better have a good good processor in there, because, yeah. Now, one thing that I thought was very cool, actually. This was very unique, very cool. Um, I'm not surprised it came from RIM, because it's right up their alley. If you have a phone that you use for work purposes, but it's also your phone, you have two separate f- profiles on the phone. You have your personal profile and your work profile. This is actually a really good feature. I'm really excited about this. It's really cool, actually. Certain apps, like if it's a work app, will automatically install to your work profile, not to your personal profile. Like draw something, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Sure, yeah. Um, But you can also manually specify things. Email accounts, uh, files, downloads, favorites, any of that stuff, right? And if it's on your work profile, that side of the phone, that profile, is fully encrypted. It's behind the company's firewall. It's protected, just like Blackberries are now in general. And if you leave the company, your CTO or your CIO can wipe your phone remotely, and it will only wipe the work side. It'll leave your personal side entirely alone. This is a really cool feature. However, it's not marketable. Because that feature only does any good for people who go out and buy Blackberries themselves to use at companies with Blackberry servers. Not necessarily because when I had my Blackberry eons ago um, I I would go to work I'd, I'd use my Blackberry at work and then I'd leave for home and I would use my Blackberry for home stuff but I still had all the work stuff on it. So it would have been nice to be able to switch my profile to my personal one, so maybe somehow turn off the work one. But were you the rule or were you the exception? Because most people who work with a company that have a BlackBerry server, the Blackberries are issued to them. Yeah. It, it, was, it was issued to me. But and it, it would have been have nice to have that siloed profile just for personal use, you know? And if you happen to get handed a, a temporary BlackBerry, could you transfer your profile over to that temporary BlackBerry? Maybe. Because I know. Not. We don't know I, yet. I, again, the company we used to work for, one of the things we used to do was somebody call up and say, at least in the, one of the departments I used to work in, somebody would call up and say, hey, I'm getting ready to travel to XYZ country. I need a temporary BlackBerry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. See, and that's just the thing. It's like, if it's issued to you, you don't care if you have your personals profile on there anyway, because you're turning the phone back in. So it's like, it's a really cool idea. It, I don't want to sell them short. It's really awesome. Yeah. But I don't know how well it can be marketed to the bring-your-own-device community, because most people who have their own device don't use it for work. <laughs> and don't use BlackBerry. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, that's kind of the truth. Well, and most people that own their own phones don't use BlackBerry because BlackBerry is centered towards enterprise. And yeah. so you have... Now you have this this 
way to you know wall off different different sections of your phone I think it might start to be more uh, more valuable to, to people who buy their own phones maybe and maybe that's what they're trying to uh, to gear it towards now um, I know it sounded like I was ragging them on on them a lot but watching all those features go by and how they did them it really did become clear to me that this is not supposed to beat the iPhone or the Android or Windows phone it's trying to come on par with them and it might just do that this and might the same, be the stopgap um, that finally brings them almost up to par at the, at the same time they're, you can tell they're trying to bring their legacy back because they were the ruler of the enterprise industry and it, this, this definitely seems like they're trying to make a stronger foothold again in the enterprise yeah. industry so yeah now um yeah, so this might be enough to staunch the bleeding long enough they can come back. And if almost to prove that, their second large meeting was a shareholder meeting where they released the Q2 numbers, they only took a $235 million loss. That's still a loss. Not bad. <laughs> Not, well, it's like, okay, it's, it's bad. They still made a billion, billions of dollars but they still lost $235 million. That is not nearly as bad as what analysts were predicting as what everyone was thinking was going to happen. And you guys remember that billion dollars worth of uh, stock that they were sitting on? That warehouse full of equipment? Mm-hmm. They've been able to break that down, so it's now, they've sold off almost $400 million worth of that equipment. So they're still limping... But they're not dead yet, surprisingly. I'm not quite dead yet. They're not. They feel better. Like they I want to go I'll take go a walk. I think go for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what? I will say it right now. If RIM is able to turn this around, if BB-10 is able to come out finally, finally, because they still didn't announce any handsets or hardware, but if they're able to get it out and use that as momentum to keep stay in the game and rebound, maybe not with BB-10, but maybe with the next release. Kudos to them. It'll be the biggest reversal I've ever seen. Will we be blamed for the revival? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Dang it. It'll be on their website. We survived despite the best efforts of StolenDroids.com. <laughs> but you they're going to send us Blackberries for free. You know that. <laughs> if they're able to reverse that, you know, I will hats off to them, because it'll be incredible. They're not out of the woods by any means, though. And as if they know that, they kind of pled with developers at this press conference about how much they love them, and how much they want them, and please don't leave us, and we're willing to pay you obscene amounts of money. Yeah, I might take advantage of this. (laughs) So if you develop an app for BlackBerry 10, and it can't be one that's for Android that you moved over to BlackBerry, it has to be a native native app, and you have it ready for launch, I want to say by the end of October. It's uh, January 23rd. It's January 23rd. And you make $1,000 within 12 months, they will pay you an additional 10000 hmm. They are that desperate for developers. So much so that they made a music video. <laughs> this uh, isn't the same group that made like those cartoon characters, was it? No. But um, it's it's... If you're really kind of feeling ill, you can go ahead and listen to the music video. It's not that their voices are bad, it just reeks of desperation. But yes, they made a music video where they were singing to the developers about they're going to keep on loving them. Gungum Blackberry style? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
as as far as we know, there's no uh, limitations on on the apps like there was with the uh, the free playbook. Um, no, but they thing, do have to know. be a- approved through their system. Yeah, they do have to be approved. So, and and we don't have any word on what their approval system is like yet. So, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Um. In other news, something that could have been a fast lane had I been thinking about it, but uh, Tesla also had a press conference where they are releasing the supercharger. Tesla is that electric car company uh, that is run by Elon Musk, or Musk, or I don't know how to pronounce his yeah. name. But uh, they're, they they make the, those electric uh, vehicles, the, the roadsters and the sedans, they're coming out with an SUV now, that uh, are all very cool, except for the fact that they take forever to charge. Not their fault, just kind of a problem with electric vehicles in general. Well, they have released a new piece of hardware called the Supercharger. It's about the size of a normal gas pump. It plugs right into it, and within 30 minutes can recharge 150 miles back onto your vehicle. That doesn't sound like a lot. That's not bad. But their plan is, is to... They already have, I think, 12 different stations in California that have these... And they're planning on seeding them throughout the U.S. The stations themselves are nothing but solar panels. Uh, they say they'll be able to absorb more power and put more power back into the grid than the cars themselves can take. And that people should really be taking breaks every 300, 400 miles anyway. Which I can't really disagree with. <laughs> but, yeah. but so you drive 300, 400 miles, you hop out, you plug your car in for a half hour hour while you get lunch or re- relax or rest and drive for another 300, 400 miles. Yeah. And if you're out of range of, of a charger, you can still plug it in old style into a regular 240-volt watt. You better I had noticed when I pulled up to the library that our Star Trek club has their meetings at that they actually had charging stations at the library. Wow. That's awesome. I stayed well, at a hotel once are... that had a charging station. Yeah. We're seeing a lot more... Uh, hybrid and electric vehicles out there. I saw I drove, I passed a Volt, a Chevy Volt the other day. I thought it looked really awesome. Now I want one. I know my mechanic <laughs> when I was talking to him a year ago, he says, "Yeah, he says I I've been in this business for, you know, 30 some odd years." He says, "Electricals what we're going to be in, in 10 years." He says, "In 10 years we're all going to be on electrics." You know, I have yet to see however how an all electric does in our weather. We we're in Utah, okay? We go from like 110 in the summer to negative something in the winter. We have a very wide range. And it's like, okay, so it can do well in spring and fall during moderate temperatures. How does it do in the dead of winter? How does it do in the middle of summer when everyone's stuck on the freeway? I've yet to see a full electric vehicle in that kind of setting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to find out how they... Until they can address that kind of climate change. You know, until you can drive a Tesla through New England in winter... We're not there yet. If any of our listeners has some of these electrical vehicles, tell us how you've been doing with it. Yeah, I'm actually really interested. I've always wanted to try driving one, but you know, you don't see them in Utah. Okay, um, into Apple news. The iPhone 5. Wah, wah. What's new, this again? The news has come out. That, Apple 5? <laughs> the Apple 5, yes. News has come out that the iPhone 5's all-aluminum back is susceptible to scratches. I personally think this news is bubkis. Because it's <laughs> aluminum. 
yes, if you scratch it hard enough, it will scratch. That's what anodized aluminum does. <laughs> my, yep. My phone's susceptible to scratches, too. You know? So, what's funny is I've actually seen a video now online of a guy who uh, went into an Apple store and took his keys and just scraped the crap out of the back of an iPhone 5 just to see what happens. It's like, yeah, and he's looking at it. He's like, okay, yeah, it's a little bit scratched, but really not that bad considering the amount of damage I just put on it. So people need to give up on that because Apple has already stated they don't really care. <laughs> They'll just tell you you're holding it wrong. Yeah, pretty much. Um, however, then another problem has come out that Apple is addressing. Their wonderful camera evidently is putting a purple haze on bright photos. No one really knows why. They think it might be the sapphire coating on the lens. Maybe it's a software algorithm. They don't know. But it's, I thought it was the uh, Nan- So it's Nan- not a Jimi Hendrix song? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's Purple Rain right there. It's, um, it's the Nancat filter. It's the Nancat. Totally. <laughs> but they, they, they are pointing out that they've seen similar things on the iPhone 4S during certain circumstances, but nothing as bad as this. It is... Like, yeah. Yeah, it's really bad. And Apple you is trying to address that. Apple hates. Hold phone this way. Who takes pictures okay. with their phones anyway? <laughs> yeah. I thought that was just a niche market. I thought they were getting rid of that. Okay. Um, Wikipedia, who we all know and love. I actually have like five tabs right now open with Wikipedia articles. Um, <laughs> some. Well, like the Word Owl song says, I edit Wikipedia. That's right. Some news has come out that there might be a dark side behind that. Do they have cookies? No, unfortunately. Oh, dang it. Quite often it seems that um, the Wikipedia editors are being quite biased on which edits they're letting in and which ones they're keeping out. Mm. To the point that sometimes when a Wikipedia article is about some, like an author or a artist, and it contains bad information, the artist or the author will contact them to correct them, and they won't fix it. There have been times in the past that I've see, had some authors and artists that I know, especially, in this, this this was the days before a lot of social media, like, like Facebook and, and, and Twitter. Twitter wasn't around, and Facebook was barely... Getting, getting a grip on everybody so most of this was through was through blogs but authors were begging people to say can you please go to Wikipedia and edit this for me because I cannot do it myself especially when I had to deal with relevancy because you'd get some people who were like oh well this guy's just an online comic strip artist never mind the fact that he's won a Hugo and he's got seven books already published you know he, he's not he's not relevant enough to be in Wikipedia and people were like he's got a freaking Hugo <laughs> Yeah, well, and it's gotten even worse now because recent um, news has come out that there are companies who will do SEO work, that search engine optimization, where all they do is sit there and edit your Wikipedia page over and over and over and over again, driving your Wikipedia entry up on the Google search results, Hmm. turning it into an ad, basically. Wow. Yeah, you've got to keep an eye on some of that stuff and making sure that, I mean, besides editing Memory Alpha and Memory Beta, which are the two main Star Trek uh, wikis, there's a club wiki where they, they were trying to get set up so they could go ahead and, and make stuff for, for various fan clubs and stuff. And unfortunately, it's never really gotten off the ground, but unfortunately, the guy who was running it didn't put in the proper spam 
uh, anti-spam techniques on it. So I had to go through about a couple, two weeks ago and just kill all the spam wiki entries that got put in there, which is probably almost the same thing where they were trying to drive up stuff and especially Google hits and the like. Yeah, it's... I mean, to be perfectly honest, I'm surprised it took this long for people to learn to start scamming the system. But it started. <laughs> so, oops. Uh, last headline of the week... Um, Intel dun, chip dun, manufacturer, dun, dun. yeah, bum, 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 uh, has been going around saying that Windows 8 isn't ready for prime time, that it's not ready for release, and Microsoft is launching it anyway. That they that they've tried to work with Microsoft and help them work things out better, so it'll be closer and more complete before launch. But Microsoft isn't listening to them. Isn't that kind of their pattern? Well, in truth... Yeah, that's what service packs are for? <laughs> in truth, Intel is actually quite upset with Microsoft because this is the first Windows release that hasn't bumped up the minimum specs. Ah. Normally, every time a new Windows comes out, Microsoft bumps up the specs, saying that you need this type of chip, you need to have a faster one of this, and it needs to have this many cores or 64-bit. And this is the first one that actually runs just as good on old hardware as it does on new hardware. Intel wants their money, dang it. <laughs> on top of that, Microsoft is also putting in that, oh, by the way, you can use ARM processors and NVIDIA mm. processors. You don't need Intel processors anymore. Yeah. And Intel is pissed. <laughs> so they've started going around telling this. And unfortunately, it's gaining a lot of traction in the news now. Other tech companies are now saying Microsoft is releasing an operating system that isn't complete. How dare they do this to us? They should complete it. Guess what? You can't complete an OS before you release it. You'd never release it. Windows XP wouldn't be released still. <laughs> it's like there's a painting, and I wish I remembered the name of the artist or the name of the painting. The artist was so so obsessed with finishing every little detail perfectly that he died in an insane asylum trying to finish the painting. Wasn't that Lee? Is his, is his name George Lucas? <laughs> no. He re he keeps releasing the same thing over and over. <laughs> now with more Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> but if you go and look at the painting, it's just layers upon layers upon layers of paint. You can see all, every single tiny little detail, but he never finished it. That's what an OS would be if you waited till it was done. It can't be done. That's why you have service packs and, and updates. Well, and I know we joke about Lucas, but movies are the same way. You've got to get you've got to get certain things done within a certain time, and and, and, the, and the like. Now, I, I know you want to, I know you want to have an OS done as quickly as possible. But like he said, that's what that's what an OS that's what a, that's what a, that's what a service pack is for. Now, put it out there because you don't know how many different devices are going to be running on this thing, how many different graphics cards and all sorts of different machines we're going to have since we all since we all hot rod our systems anyway, you know. Now, speaking honestly here, if it weren't for Microsoft, Intel would not be nearly as large as it is. Yep. So it's really kind of a douchey <laughs> maneuver for them to be doing this. But I've used Windows 8 now since the release candidate. I love it. I think it's awesome. I think you will love it when eventually you upgrade to it. So and no you worries will. about it. <laughs> and you will. <laughs> and you know what? It's very possible your next Windows 8 device isn't going to be an Intel. Oops. 
it's time. Anyway, we're going to go off onto our uh, commercials now. We'll see you on the flip side. In today's world, it can be hard to find time to spend with a good book. That's where the guys at Open Book Audio can help. Open Book Audio offers a large selection of pre-recorded audiobooks for you to enjoy while driving to work, working out, or any other time you feel like enjoying a good story. Open Book Audio not only has pre-recorded audiobooks, but can also help you record your self-published book as well, giving authors another way to distribute their stories. Their fast professional service combined with affordable pricing ensure your book is made with the highest quality. So no matter if you're an author or a reader, Open Book Audio has what you need. You can visit them on the web at openbookaudio.com. That's openbookaudio.com. Open Book Audio. Your story out loud. Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast. Uh, Zook, wait. Um, I can never remember when I can hear the Stolen Droids Podcast. Well, you can start out the week with us on TrekRadio.net every Monday at noon Eastern Standard. Okay, but what if I miss it on Monday? Well, then you can catch us Tuesday on CryptonRadio.com, 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Ooh, and if I miss it then too? Well, you can always find us on iTunes and play us anytime from your iPod or iPhone. Well, you know I don't own any Apple stuff. Okay, then you can stream us to your Android device from Stitcher.com, on demand whenever you want. Smeg. I don't have any room left on my Android. You can always listen to us at StolenDroids.com. Um, but... You're not (sighs) trying very hard at this, are you? Stolen Droids Podcast. It's kind of hard to avoid. All right, we are back and into our fast lane. And unlike last week, we have a lot of them. So, here we go. At an anti-Japanese gaming demonstration in China, a girl was assaulted by three protesters for her choice of cosplay. Her character, however, was Chinese. Chinese authorities have released a statement that these protesters were nothing more than brainless beasts, marking the first time in history the rest of the world has been in total agreement with the Chinese about their protesters. (laughs) And fresh from the disastrous launch of their new maps in iOS 6, Apple is trying desperately to hire ex-Google Maps programmers in hopes that they can pretty up their dough-faced homunculi of an app. The cast of Red Dwarf 10 are asking for a Doctor Who crossover. Who would win in such a fight? Well, the fans would. (laughs) The The apocalypse is upon us. According to the National Pig Association in Great Britain, drought conditions this year will lead to an unavoidable world shortage of pork and bacon next year. So this is how society will end. Apple's request to trademark its orange music icon found on all iOS devices was denied in court this week. The trademark trial and appeal board said the icon was too close to that of, wait for it, MySpace. Oh, (laughs) Apple irony. (laughs) California has just legalized driverless cars on the road. While many safety groups question the wisdom of such a move, California Governor's Edmund Brown Jr. was quick to point out that this would help keep the public safe from DUIs of former child actors. Apple is still going strong with the recent release of the Extreme Deep Field image, now looking into the farthest reaches of space. Not content to just try and sue Apple. Samsung is now... No, <laughs> uh, let me start that over. Not content to just try and sue Apple. Samsung is now going after LG as well. Since both companies are based in South Korea, the local courts will be dealing with the issue. However, LG seems to have a convincing countersuit that could ban Samsung phones from being sold in Korea. Doesn't Samsung want a single country they, they can't sell in? 
<laughs> maybe Iran, maybe North Korea, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they're, they're just trying to piss off every other company they can, it seems. So, um, this week's talking point is a bit of a surprise to the other guys. They don't know what it's going to be about. Uh, and it comes from our feedback from Tovin. Tovin writes, I've noticed that there is a lot of debate about the best antivirus, anti-malware program out there. But which is really the best? From free to pay... From free to paid, then compare free and paid. Will still Android make this a talking point, or possibly a regular segment as software changes and updates? So the guys didn't know that I was choosing this as a talking point, Tovin. I just told them to read up on antivirus and make an opinion. And I think it's an interesting question now with the advent of a lot of different antiviruses. Now, quick uh, quick poll here: What does everyone use for antivirus, anti-spyware? Um, for antivirus, I use AVG because it's free. And for anti-spyware, I use Super Anti-Spyware because at a company I was working for, they were using it, and I found out how good it was from when the company was using it. And I, I also use Malware Bytes to keep track of all the mal- keep keep all the malware out too. Um, this may surprise everyone, but I I don't use antivirus or anti-malware on my computer. And yet you never have a problem, do you? <laughs> I never have a problem. I, I think, for me, the, the biggest the biggest proponent in, in, in combating viruses and malware is to know how to surf the internet. That's very true. And I, I don't want to make me sound all high and mighty by saying that, but it's it, it really is the truth. <laughs> yeah. That... Uh, I use um, Semantic Antivirus, uh, Corporate Edition. The Consumer Edition sucks. Sucks rocks. It's bad. Uh, I use the Corporate Edition that I um, liberated from a previous <laughs> employer that we all used to share. And I love it. Uh, it. It's incredibly powerful. Nothing has ever gotten through it. Some things have tried. Uh, for the occasional spyware scare, I use Spybot Search and Destroy. Uh, it's immunization feature I really like, and it's free. Now... The question that he brings up I find really interesting because this day and age you have things like the semantic, or I should say Norton now, the Norton consumer one, which I've already said sucks. The McAfee consumer one sucks. It's and they so, always want you to upgrade. They always <laughs> want you to upgrade. They want you to pay for all these subscription fees. It's filled with bloatware and it freezes your computer. But then you have the free ones like AVG, which in my opinion only works half the time. And then you have other quote-unquote free ones that are actually viruses themselves. Yeah. Even some a- of the paid ones AVG is probably... If you're going to go for a free one, AVG is probably the better one. However, you do have to keep an eye on it when it wants to install upgrades. Because every once in a while it wants to go, okay, we want to go ahead and set your search provider. We want to set your home page. We want to install toolbars. And just like you would with any other software that you're going through installing, make sure you make, make, make sure it doesn't go through and just put all this extra bloatware in there. Once, once you've kind of knocked all that stuff out, it usually says, hey, are you sure? Or, hey, we really, really want you to put these in there most of the time you just say no and, and, and it works just fine yeah yeah well, Go ahead. i do want to point out that now uh in order to uh, well okay antivirus software work in a very particular way they're not really looking for the virus itself they're looking for a pattern of a virus and that list of patterns grows really 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 large every day now and so each antivirus software has to keep track of all these 
all these patterns, all these uh, signatures, if you will, of, of viruses and malware. And so, in my opinion, if you're going to use an antivirus software, use more than one. They can they can stack. One will have um, definitions of, of you know 80% of the viruses out there. Another one may have 82% and cover some that you know the other software doesn't. And so it doesn't hurt to have multiple antivirus or anti-malware. Uh, now, one of the questions that people might ask, though, is do these antiviruses slow your system down? And if well, you had multiples, would and that's they? what I want to bring up. Yeah. As Schmitty pointed out, it's not looking for files themselves, it's looking for patterns and behaviors. The best way to catch those is in real time, a real time scanner that's always running, not one that you have to stop and run through the computer every once in a while. The problem is, is that the cheaper ones slow your system down, which is why I like my Symantec Corporate Edition, because that one doesn't. It's running all the time, and it has never slowed my system down. However, a lot of the cheaper ones, the free ones, can. Uh, the the paid Norton one, the paid McAfee, the reason why I say it sucks so bad is because it basically makes your system unusable while it's scanning. And since it's scanning all the time, it's unusable most of the time. Or you can go ahead and arrange it so they can scan in the middle of the night when you're not using your system. Now, I actually wanted to take this conversation and switch it over because one little known feature that Windows 8 is coming out with is built-in Windows Defender, which is meant to replace all malware scanning software. Don't, mm-hmm. don't they have that in 7 right now, too? Kind of. It's not built-in. It's Microsoft Security Essentials, and it does come in Windows Update. If you run Windows Update, it'll download it for you as a, an optional update. It's not built-in, and it's not... Uh, it's not baked into the operating system where the Defender one is. Yeah, Windows Defender will be baked into the OS. Now, will that make the Europeans mad? Probably. <laughs> now, here's what I find really interesting. On one hand, I love this. I love it. Yeah, why shouldn't the OS protect itself with no input from me? I love it. And you know what? Microsoft has a security team. Has a security team that rivals the size of most other companies. You know, yeah. they're on top of it, and they release patches constantly to fix these things, so you know it would be up-to-date on everything. And because it's baked into the operating system, it doesn't have to piggyback onto the operating system. I just used a Hollywood word there. <laughs> it doesn't have to piggyback onto the operating system to read read the files or read, the street, read all your ports uh, for all the information. It has root access to everything on your computer. So, but if a virus gets into your system and one of the first things that attacks is the antivirus, what happens to the antivirus that's well, baked into your OS? And that leads me to the second part, the part that I'm not as sure about. Does anyone know why more viruses are written for Windows than any other OS? Market share? Right, that's because one, more yeah. people use Windows. So which antivirus do you think is going to be most picked apart by hackers? Ah, The Windows one, because everyone knows that you already have it. So, will it be a larger target? I mean, we've already talked about why it would be easier to maintain and why it would be easier to have, because it's already there. You got it for free. It's being maintained by Microsoft, who knows this stuff, and they're good at it. And I'm not trying to put them on a pedestal above others, but frankly, their security team's pretty awesome. 
well, like Schmitty was saying earlier, you would. This is probably where you'd be good with with dual coverage. I mean, go ahead and turn on the the antivirus from Microsoft, and you know, let it run. Let, let people go ahead and run it because I know there was a few things Microsoft came out with. People said never turn on. What was that thing they had in their their browser that? Um, the Windows oh, firewall for a while there. No, not the firewall, but they had some sort of like uh, anti. Uh, it was well, a filter of well, some the anti phishing thing or the oh it was a it was a parental filter of some ah, sort. oh it, yeah it, yeah if you recall we were always told never turn this on you so turn it off <laughs> yeah but uh, but you know besides having the, the 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 Microsoft antivirus stuff running go ahead and get yourself a second one maybe the one you want to pay for maybe another free one so you can have the dual coverage it, it, it's it's something interesting to me I, I'll probably keep it running for a little while just to see how things go because it is kind of nice having that integration that you don't have to think about. I'll admit it I've grown lazy in my older age I don't have hours upon hours a day to tweak my software and my computer as much as possible to get every little thing out of it. In the end of the day Apple was right. I just want it to work Mm -hmm. so in that regard it's quite nice and if it works it'll be great but I am worried that it's just going to make itself a more accessible target. Yeah well, and one one thing to note for for viruses and malware is that it, just because you have an antivirus software or an an, uh, anti-spyware or anything like that doesn't mean you are 100% protected. Well, it, a it's, good way to put it is you wear your seatbelt in your car, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you should run it into a wall. <laughs> yep, right. It doesn't mean that you won't get in an accident. That, and, that's, and that's a good way to put it. And even though you've got the anti-spyware on your system... It may not be scanning all the time either. I mean, I, I know at least once a week I, I go through and make sure my anti-spyware has been updated and I go ahead and have it run a scan mm-hmm. and say, hey, tell me what you find because maybe maybe something has slipped through. Yeah, that, that's also important to know. No, it, whichever antivirus software you go with, make sure you know if it does uh, real-time scans or if you have to manually run it. And if you do have to manually run it or if you have to schedule it, make sure you do that. Yeah. Sure. Now, one of the things I was wondering about is that a lot of the antiviruses programs, they would try to connect to your email program to go ahead and scan your incoming emails. I'm wonder. I'm surprised that a lot of them have actually gone to more and try to do more connecting with the web-based email, since a lot of people are going towards the Hotmail and the Google and the Yahoo well, Mail. Well, a lot of those have actually, like Google already does, and even Hotmail used to. I think they Hotmail still, do. still does. Yeah. Uh, or they scan it. Outlook.com. <laughs> so, um, and they'll flat out block certain extensions. So that's already done. Anyway, what what are your guys' thoughts? Write us at feedback at stolendroids.com. Would you prefer a free one? Do you think it's better if you pay? Would you Would you trust one that just came with your OS? We want to know. You know um, and thank in, you, Tovin, for the for the topic. Yep. You know, in researching on this, it, it, Zook was kind of vague, and he just said, you know, talk about antivirus. So I was researching history of antivirus and things like that. And one thing I found out that was really interesting was that one of the first viruses was actually for Apple. Oh, <laughs> Apple Ouch. 1981, there was a, a virus called the Elk Cloner for Apple II. <laughs> so it wasn't, it, wasn't Apple. The, it wasn't the first virus, but it was one of the first, so... <laughs> All right, so we need clone to, your elk. That'd be good for Christmas. We Definitely. need to burn through our favorites fast. So I'll get off. I'll start here. Uh, do you want to leave the planet? Do you want the rest of the? Uh, do you want the rest of the population to go so too? Well, it turns out that an actual huge flowchart was developed long, long ago that 
details everything we need to do as a society to get off the planet and to start uh, exploring the solar system and interstellar space. Uh, there's a link to it. You probably won't be able to read all of it, and it is a little bit dated talking about the Soviets and whatnot, but it is really cool to know how detailed people got into this, and it's all actually, other than the Soviet part, still pretty accurate. It's worth a look. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, my favorite uh, comes from Sesame Street. It's a video of uh, Cookie Monster and Super Grover. They're, they're kind of jealous that uh, Elmo's getting his own musical and then uh, and then they decide to do their own musical so they parody <laughs> Hunger Games, Avengers uh, Doctor Who and, and uh, scene from the newsroom and it's, it's quite hilarious and entertaining so <laughs> check it out my kids love it by the way <laughs> alright so we are recording this on a Thursday night and uh, this is the first NFL football game this week that have had the full time refs back on the job before then, the running gag was everything dealing with the replacement refs, all of the calls they were getting wrong, everything like that. Somebody out there made a website called Replacement Google, sponsored by the NFL. And essentially what it is is that you type in a specific subject that you want to look for, let's say Star Trek, and the replacement Google, like the replacement refs, gets it wrong and delivers you similar, completely different on the Internet. Kind of hilarious, actually. I thought it was running fun for running gag, and I figured we'd better hurry and get it in there before all of the replacement ref jokes go away. I just searched stolen droids on it, and I got the green Power Ranger bio. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Hey, the reason I wanted to uh, to speed us through here is because I wanted to talk about something else as well before we end the podcast. By the time you're listening to this, uh, it should be the 28th of September or so, and it's very important that you know this because starting October 1st, voting will open for the 8th Annual Podcast Awards, the International Podcast Awards. We want to be your favorite podcast. We want to be nominated this year. Uh, our, our, our area of expertise is technology. You can enter in many different podcasts, one for different categories, but the category we're going for is technology. So once voting opens, and you can find the link dead center up top at StolenDroids.com, we'll put it on our Facebook, we'll probably put a few posts up about it, but once you hit the technology one, I want you guys to type in Stolen Droids Podcasts, because we want to be nominated this year. We, we know you listeners are out there, uh, and we think we have a good shot at it. So again, starting October 1st, it'll go the... First through the fourteenth, I want to say, uh, with the awards given early next year. So, since you're not writing us feedback, this is the least you could do. <laughs> we love you. Now, watch. Just because I said that, everyone's going to spite me. <laughs> I spite you. Wait. <laughs> That's so we w- because you kept taking your Minecraft places. <laughs> We 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 want to we want to be your guys' favorite podcast, and if there's ways that we could improve, again, feedback at stolendroids dot com. You can find us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. I haven't done anything to our Google Plus page in ages, but I'm sure it's still there. And if you have any suggestions that we can do to Zoner on him when he comes back, let us know. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Cheers. And one to beam up. And a file. Fail. <laughs> Jake.